సో హెయిర్ ఇస్ రోజ్ మరి బేబీ పార్ట్ టూ చాప్టర్ నైన్ ఐ హోప్ యూ ఆర్ గోయింగ్ టు లైక్ ఇట్ సో లెట్స్ గెట్ స్టార్ట్ ఇట్ చాప్టర్ నైన్ షీ బోట్ కాటన్ బాల్స్ అండ్ కాటన్ స్వాబ్స్ అండ్ టెల్కమ్ పౌడర్ అండ్ బేబీ లోషన్స్ ఎంగేజ్ డైపర్ సర్వీస్ అండ్ రియరేంజ్ ద బేబీస్ క్లోథింగ్ ఇన్ ద బ్యూరో డ్రాయర్స్ షీ ఆర్డర్ ద అనౌన్స్మెంట్స్ గై వుడ్ ఫోన్ ఇన్ ద నేమ్ అండ్ డేట్ లెటర్ అండ్ అడ్రస్డ్ అండ్ స్టాంప్డ్ అ బుక్స్ ఫుల్ ఆఫ్ స్మాల్ ఐవరీ ఇన్వెలప్స్ షీ రీడ్ అ బుక్ కాల్డ్ సమ్మర్ హీల్ దట్ ప్రజెంటెడ్ అ సిమింగ్లీ ఇర్ఫెటుయబుల్ కేస్ ఫర్ పర్మిషివ్ చైల్డ్ రియరింగ్ అండ్ డిస్కస్డ్ ఇట్ at sardis east with alice and john their trip she began to feel contraction one one day one the next then none then two a postcard came from paris with a picture of the arc de triomphe and a neatly written message thinking of you both lovely weather excellent food the flight over was perfect love minnie the baby dropped low inside her ready to be born Early in the afternoon of Friday, June 24, at the stationery counter at Tiffany's, where she had gone for 25 more envelopes, Rosemary met Dominic Pozzo, who in the past had been Guy's vocal coach, a short, swarthy, hump-backed man with a voice that was rasping and unpleasant. He seized Rosemary's hand and congratulated her on her appearance. <clears throat> and on guy's recent good fortune for which he disavowed all credit rosemary told him of the play guy was signing for and of the latest offer warner brothers had made dominic was delighted now he said was when guy could truly benefit from intensive coaching he explained why made rosemary promise to have guy call him and with final good wishes turned toward the elevators rosemary caught his arm I never thanked you for the tickets to the fantastics she said I just loved it it is going to go on and on forever like that Agatha Christie play in London the fantastics dominic said you gave guy a pair of tickets oh long ago in the fall i went with a friend guy had seen it already i never gave guy tickets for the fantastic my dear dominic said you did last fall no my dear i never gave anybody tickets to the fantastics I never had any to myself you are mistaken I'm sure he said he got them from you Rosemary said then he was mistaken Dominic said you will tell him to call me yes 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 I will it was strange Rosemary thought when she was waiting to cross 5th avenue guy had said that Dominic had given him the tickets she was certain of it she remembered wondering whether or not to send Dominic a thank you note and deciding finally that it was not necessary she could not be mistaken walk the light said and she crossed the avenue but guy could not have been mistaken either he did not get free tickets every day of the week he must have remembered who gave them to him had he deliberately lied to her perhaps he had not been given the tickets at all but had found and kept them no there might have been a scene at the theater he would not have exposed her to that she walked west on 57th street walked very slowly with the bigness of the baby hanging before her her and her back aching from withstanding its forward pulling weight the day was hot and humid 92 already and still rising she walked very slowly had he wanted to get her out of the apartment that night for some reason had he gone down and bought the tickets himself to be free to study the scene he was working on 
but there would not have been any need for trickery if that had been the case more than once in the old one room apartment he had asked her to go out for a couple of hours and she had gone gladly most of the time though he wanted her to stay to be his line feeder his audience was it a girl one of his old flames for whom a couple of hours had not been enough and whose perfume he had been washing off in the shower when she got home no it was tennis root not perfume that the apartment had smelled of that night she had had to wrap the charm in foil because of it and guy had been far too energetic and amorous to have spent the earlier part of the night with someone else he had made unusually violent love to her she remembered later while he slept she had heard the flute and the chanting at minian romans no not the flute dr shand's recorder was that how guy knew about it had he been there that evening at a sabbath she stopped and looked in henry's bendel's windows because she did not want to think any more about witches and covens and baby's blood and guy being over there why had she met that stupid dominic she should never have gone out today at all it was too hot and sticky there was a great raspberry creep dress that looked like a ruddy green rich after tuesday after she was her own real shape again maybe she would go in and prize it and a pair of lemon yellow hip huggers and a raspberry blouse eventually though she had to go on go on walking go on thinking with a baby squirming inside her the book which guy had threw away had told of initiation ceremonies of covens inducting <clears throat> novaic members with vows and baptism with anointing and the infliction of a witch mark was it possible the shower to wash away the smell of a tennis anointing that guy had joined the coven that he no he could not be that he was one of them with a secret mark of membership somewhere on his body there had been a flesh colored band aid on his shoulder it had been there in his dressing room in philadelphia that damn pimple he had said when she had asked him and it had been there a few months before not the same one she had said was it still there now she did not know he did not sleep naked anymore he had in the past especially in hot weather but not anymore not for months and months now he wore pajamas every night when had she last seen him naked a car honked at her she was crossing 6th avenue for god's sake lady you are pregnant a man behind her said but why why he was guy he was not a crazy old man with nothing better to do with no other way to find purpose and self esteem he had a career a busy exciting everyday getting better career but did he need with vans and witch knives and censers and and junk with the vices and the gilmores and minnie and roman what could they give him that he could not get elsewhere she had no the answer before she asked herself the question formulating the question had been a way to put off facing the answer the blindness of donald bumgart if you believed but she did not she could did not yet there donald bumgart was blind only a day or two after that saturday with guy staying home to grab the phone every time it rang expecting the news the blindness of donald bumgard out of which had come everything the play the reviews the new play the movie offer maybe guy's part in greenwich village too would have been donald bumgard's if he had not gone explicitly blind a day or two before guy had joined a coven of witches 
there were spells to take an enemy's sight or hearing the book had said all of them which is the united mental force of the whole coven a concentrated battery of malevolent wills could blind deafen paralyze and ultimately kill the chosen victim paralyze and ultimately kill hutch she asked aloud standing motionless in front of kernig hall a girl looked up at her clinging to her mother's hand he had been reading the book that night and had asked her to meet him the next morning to tell her that roman was steven marketo and guy knew of the appointment and knowing went out for what ice cream and rang minnie's roman's bell was a hasty meeting called the united mental force but how had they know what hutch would be telling her she had not known herself only he had known suppose though that tennis root was no tennis root at all hutch had not heard of it had he suppose it was that other step he underlined in the book devil's fungus or whatever it was he had told roman he was going to look into it would not that have been enough to make roman wary of him and right then and there roman had taken one of hutch's gloves because the spells cannot be cast without one of the victim's belongings and then when guy told them about the appointment for the next morning they took no chances and went to work but no roman could not have taken hutch gloves she had shown him in and show him out walking along with him both times guy had taken the glove he had rushed home with his makeup still on which he never did and had gone by himself to the closet roman must have called him must have said this man hutch is getting suspicious about tennis root go home and get one of his belonging just in case and guy had obeyed to keep donald bumgard blind waiting for the light at 55th street she tucked her handbag and the envelopes under her arm and hooked the chain at the back of her neck drew the chain and the tennis charm out of her dress and dropped them together down through the silver grating so much for tennis root devil's fungus she was so frightened she wanted to cry because she knew what guy was giving them in exchange for his success the baby to use in their rituals he had never wanted a baby until after donald bumgard was blind he did not like to feel it moving he did not like to talk about it he kept himself as distant and busy as if it were not his baby at all because he knew what they were planning to do to it as soon as he gave it to them in the apartment in the blessedly cool shaded apartment she tried to tell herself that she was mad you are going to have your baby in 4 days idiot girl maybe even less so you are all tense and nutty and you have built up a whole lunatic prescription thing out of a bunch of completely unrelated coincidences there are no real witches there are no real spells hatch died a natural death even if the doctors could not give a name of it Ditto for Donald Bumgard's blindness and how pray tell did guy get one of Donald Bumgard's belongings for the big spell casting see dead girl it all falls apart when you pick at it but why had he lied about the tickets she undressed and took a long cool shower turned clumsily around and around and then pushed her face up into the spray trying to think sensibly rationally there must be another reason why he had lied maybe he would spend the day hanging around donny's yes and had gotten the tickets from one of the gang there would not he then have said dominic had given them to him so as not to let her know he had been goofing off of course he would have 
There you see idiot girl. But why had not he show himself naked in so many months and months? She was glad anyway that she had thrown away that damned charm. She should have done it long ago. She never should have taken it from Minnie in the first place. What a pleasure it was to be rid of its revolting smell. She dried herself and splashed on collagen, lots and lots of it. He had not show himself naked because he had a little rash of some kind and was embarrassed about it. Actors are vain, are not they elementary? But why had he threw out the book and had spent so much time at Minnie and Romans and waited for the news of Donald Bungard's blindness and rushed home wearing his makeup just before Hutch missed his cloak? She brushed her hair and tied it and put on a braziers and panties. She went into the kitchen and drank two glasses of cold milk. She did not know. She went into the nursery, moved the bathinity away from the wall, and thumb-tagged a sheet of plastic over the wallpaper to protect it when the baby splashed in its bath. She did not know. She did not know if she was going mad or going sane, if witches had only the longing for power or power that was real and strong, if Guy was her loving husband or the treacherous enemy of the baby and herself. It was almost four. He would be home in an hour or so. She called Actors Equity and got Donald Bungard's telephone number. The phone was answered on the first ring with a quick impatient. Yeah, is this Donald Bungard? That's right. This is Rosemary Woodhouse, she said, Guy's Woodhouse's wife. Oh, I wanted. My God, he said, you must be a happy little lady these days. I hear you are living in baronial splendor in the Bram, sipping vintage wine from crystal goblets with scores of uniformed lackeys in attendance. She said, I wanted to know how are you if there has been any improvement. He laughed. Why, bless your heart, Guy Woodhouse's wife, he said, I am fine. I am splendid. There has been enormous improvement. I only broke six glasses today, only fell down three flights of stairs, and only went tap-a-tap-tapping in front of two speeding fire engines. Every day in every way I am getting better and better and better and better. Rosemary said, Guy and I are both very unhappy that he got his break because of your misfortune. Donald Bungard was silent for a moment and then said, Oh, what the hell? That's the way it goes. Somebody's up, somebody's down. He would have made out all right anyway. To tell you the truth, after that shaking audition we did for two hours of solid crap, I was dead certain he was going to get the part. He was terrific. <coughs> he thought you were going to get it, Rosemary said, and he was right. Briefly, I'm sorry I did not come along that day he come to visit you, Rosemary said. He asked me to, but I could not. Visit me? You mean the day we met for drinks? Yes, she said. That's what I meant. It's good you did not come, he said. They don't allow women, do they? No, after four they do, that's right, and it was after four. That was a way fully good-natured of guy. Most people would not have had the well class, I guess. I would not have had it, I can tell you that. The loser buying the winner a drink, Rosemary said. And little did we know that a week later, less than a week in fact, that's right, Rosemary said. It was only a few days before you went blind. Yes, it was a Wednesday or Thursday because I had been to a matinee, Wednesday, I think, and the following Sunday was when it happened. Hey, he laughed. God did not put anything in that drink, did he? No, he did not, Rosemary said. Her voice was shaking. By the way, she said, he has something of yours, you know? What do you mean? Don't you know? No, he said.
Did not you miss anything that day? No, not that I remember. You are sure? You don't mean my tie, do you? Yes, she said. Well, he has got mine and I have got his. Does he want his bag? He can have it. It does not matter to me what tie I am wearing or if I am wearing one at all. No, he does not want it back, Rosemary said. I did not understand. I thought he had only borrowed it. No, it was a thread. It sounded as if you thought he had stolen it. I have to hang up now, Rosemary said. I just wanted to know if there was any improvement. No, there is not. It was nice of you to call. She hung up. It was nine minutes after four. She put on her girdle and her dress and sandals. She took the emergency money Guy kept under his underwear, a not very thick fold of bills, and put it into her handbag, put in her address book two and a bottle of vitamin capsules. A contraction came and went the second of the day. She took the suitcase that stood by the bedroom door and went down the hallway and out of the apartment. <clears throat> Halfway to the elevator, she turned and doubled back. She rode down in the service elevator with the two delivery boys. On 55th Street, she got a taxi. Miss Lark, Dr. Spastian receptionist, glanced at his suitcase and said, smiling, You are not in labor, are you? No, Rosemary said, but I have to see the doctor. It's very important. Miss Lark glanced at her watch. He has to leave at 5, she said. And there is Mrs. Berion. She looked over at a woman who sat reading and then smiled at Rosemary. But I'm sure he will see you. Sit down. I will let him know you are here as soon as he is free. Thank you, Rosemary said. She put the suitcase by the nearest chair and sat down. The handbag's white patent was damp in her hands. She opened it, took out a tissue and wiped her palms and then her upper lip and temples. Her head was racing. How is it out there? Miss Lark asked. Terrible, Rosemary said. Ninety-four. Miss Lark made a pained sound. A woman came out of Dr. Spastian's office, a woman in her fifth or sixth month whom Rosemary had seen before. They nodded at each other. Miss Lark went in. You are due any day now, are not you? The woman said, waiting by the desk. Tuesday, Rosemary said. Good luck, the woman said. You are smart to get it over with before July and August. Miss Lark came out again. Mrs. Wyan, she said, and to Rosemary, he will see you right after it. Thank you, Rosemary said. Mrs. Byron went into Dr. Spastian's office and closed the door. The woman by the desk conferred with Miss Lark about another appointment and then went out saying goodbye to Rosemary and wishing her luck again. Miss Lark wrote, Rosemary took up a copy of Time that lay at her elbow. Is God dead? It asked in red letters on a black background. She found the index and turned to show business. There was a piece of Barbara's dress stand. She tried to read it. That smells nice, Miss Lark said, sniffing in Rosemary's direction. What is it? It is called Detachma, Rosemary said. It is a big improvement over your regular, if you don't mind my saying. That was not a cologan, Rosemary said. It was a good luck charm. I threw it away. Good, Miss Lark said. Maybe the doctor will follow your example. Rosemary, after a moment, said, Dr. Spastian? Miss Lark said, Hmm, he has the aftershave. But it is not, is it? Then he has a good luck charm, only he is not superstitious. I don't think he is. Anyway, he has the same smell once in a while, whatever it is, and when he does, I cannot come within five feet of him. Much stronger than yours was. Have not you ever noticed? No, Rosemary said. I guess you have not been here on the right days, Miss Lark said. Or maybe you thought it was your own you were smelling. What is it? A chemical thing? 
Rosemary stood up and put down time and picked up her suitcase. My husband is outside. I have to tell him something, she said. I will be back in a minute. You can leave your suitcase, Miss Lark said. Rosemary took it with her thong. Thank you for joining me and sorry for the inconvenience because I have some problem in my throat. Thank you. Thank you.